All right, I am ready. All right, we're all good. Everybody's all good. My body is ready. All right. With your powers combined, we are fan holes. Go, go, go man. Man. I can't believe there's a chat room big enough to hold all of our present bodies. Wow. <laughs> of all the things I missed about the show, I miss Tony being wrong always. We've already got a me. We don't need another me. <laughs> oh boy, a Bashir episode. <laughs> ah yes, Derek. Lover of lobster women. Defender of Starfire's fidelity. I just want to know, who is the consultant? Who could he be? <laughs> no! I have no eyes! <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's gonna relate to a, a talking cat that eats lasagna. Okay. I'll do it, but I want to be immediately killed afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Derek, in your Derek layer, do you have a list of that tells you like how to take down the other fan holes? Should we like go crazy? <laughs> how does my stupid voice sound? You sound beautiful. Like ten times sexier. Good job. No one gets us because we don't explain it. Hey guys, welcome back to another spooky episode of Fan Holes Podcast. Hey, what's up guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your hosts tonight. And joining me tonight on this ominous evening are two, count them, two of my fellow frightful fan holes. Hey guys, give a shout out and let everybody know who's here tonight. Hey, this is Justin and I have beefy shoulders. Hey guys, this is uh, Tony, and I gotta say, dad ass though. So we are here tonight, we're talking about an episode of the long-running, 13 years long-running Supernatural TV series on a Fan Holes Fright Fest Month tie-in episode for Halloween, and we're actually talking about the episode Scooby Natural! And Scooby Natural was written by Jeremy Adams and Jim Krieg and was directed by Robert Singer, and it aired March 29th, 2018. It's actually the 280th episode of Supernatural. Man, that show's been on huh. for a long time. Like, I, 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 I was thinking about this before we started, and I was kind of like, you know how old, like, you know how long, it's like, this has been running, like... Dean was on the fourth season of Smallville, but Supernatural was airing concurrently with Smallville. And Smallville's been, like, off the air for, like, how many years now? Like, so this has been running for a long-ass yeah. time, you know? Like, it's it's probably going to, like, unseat. I mean, I guess if you if you count it as, like, science fiction, you know, like, it, it's it's got the potential to unseat, you know, Smallville and, and, and Stargate and all those really, really long-running kind of... Oh, it, it already beat Smallville. Yeah, yeah. Smallville only had 10, 10 seasons. Yeah, yeah. I I have to admit, like, I, I mean, I, there was a period where I was still keeping up with Smallville, or Smallville, I was still keeping up with Supernatural on a regular basis, but I, I think I've long since exceeded that, that point. I, I sort of dipped in and out of seasons 11 and 12 and watched, you know, a trickle of episodes here and there. And I don't, I don't think I've actually seen anything but this episode of season thirteen. But that was no reason to scare anybody off because this is, this is for the most part a pretty clean, done in one episode. I mean, as long as you're sort of familiar with who Sam and Dean and Castiel are, and you're kind of familiar with the cast of 
Scooby-Doo. I, I, I don't think that should scare away, you know, I guess people that are coming to this fresh or anything like that. But yeah, because yeah. like I, I think I quit watching with season five, and just like just hearing you and Tony talk about some of the future seasons, you both were kind of like, you know, maybe just stop there because like the other seasons are like of some of them are of questionable quality, and I like I kind of meant to you know always try and catch up, but I never did. So I w- I was kind of wondering. I was like, can I just jump into this and watch it? And I was like. Well, yeah, like there was like, you know, there were references I got. I was like, oh, I kind of remember that reference and I was able to keep up with it. Uh, no problem. Yeah. 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 This this wasn't like a this wasn't like a season arc story. This is like Derek said, a one and done. You could just watch it. If you know the characters, you're fine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, you know, I guess we can get into stuff, you know, in detail and everything. But I did kind of pluck a synopsis from the Supernatural wiki. So just in case anybody's following along and they they want to be spoiled they haven't seen it like we're gonna go ahead and give you a brief synopsis and everything so here we go dean and sam fight a spirit possessing a giant stuffed dinosaur in a pawn shop and destroy the toy with holy oil as the store owner alan thanks them Jay, a local real estate developer, comes in to investigate, but Sam and Dean make an excuse for the mess created within the fight. As thanks, Jay, the store owner, allows Sam and Dean to have something free from his shop, and they end up taking a big screen television. After hooking up the monitor, the screen glows, and the brothers are sucked into the television now as two-dimensional cartoons. They find their car in the cartoon world and drive it to the local hangout, the malt shop, and there they find the mystery machine. And they conclude that they're actually within a Scooby-Doo cartoon. Dean, fawning over his childhood heroes, greets them and they allow him and Sam to join them in their adventure. Dean recalls the episode and they decide to play out the events of the episode. However, unlike in the original episode, they discover that one of the victims, Cousin Simple, was murdered when they discover his dead body. Despite the brutal circumstances, the Scooby gang end up treating it like just any other normal mystery. Castiel, having been sucked into the television as well at a later point, joins them on their case to figure out the mystery. Discovering the television displays purple sparks, like the stuffed dinosaur, the Winchesters realize the two must be connected to someone at the pawn shop. While exploring the hallways, they are attacked by the Phantom after it brutally murders Cosgood Creeps, and the Winchesters realize that the Phantom is actually a real ghost which they would normally investigate. The group then splits up to investigate. Sam tries to tell Velma that the supernatural is actually real, but Velma denies it, firmly believing all ghosts and monsters are just people in disguise. Dean continues to flirt with Daphne, but she continues to remain ignorant of his flirtations. He soon finds a book in the library that triggers a trapdoor that they fall into before fleeing from the ghost. The ghost then attacks Castiel, Shaggy, and Scooby, and everyone is chased around the house by a ghost. They all meet up, and the Phantom attacks them, with Fred getting injured and Shaggy getting thrown out through the balcony door. Sam and Dean drive off the Phantom using iron candlesticks and find Shaggy holding on for his life. 
Scooby jumps after to save Shaggy, and then Castiel jumps after them and ends up slowing their descent to the ground with his trench coat. Shaggy's arm ends up getting broken in the fall. With Shaggy's injury and the unexplainable abilities displayed by the Phantom, the Scooby gang is confused by the unusual circumstances. Sam and Dean decide to tell them that all the paranormal stuff from the supernatural is real, including the ghost. The gang then begins to have a nervous breakdown because of this revelation, but Dean encourages them and gets Fred to set a trap for the Phantom. After the initial trap fails, they lure the ghost to the library and have it fall through the trap door where it lands in the basement in a circle of salt. Sam, Dean, and Castiel interrogate it alone, and the Phantom reveals itself to be the ghost of a little boy. The ghost tells them his soul was tied to a pocket knife found by Jay, and Jay placed the knife within items, like that stuffed dinosaur or their television, to cause the ghost to haunt and attack people against his will. They make a deal that if the ghost releases them back into the real world, they would put him back to rest. Before they leave, the three find the Scooby Gang suffering a second nervous breakdown, and they can't just leave it that way, so they have the ghost disguise himself as Cosgood Creeps in the Phantom costume, making the Scooby Gang believe the whole thing was just another stage setup by a normal human being. The child returns Castiel and the Winchesters to the real world, and they destroy the knife that was contained within the television, and it puts the ghost to rest. Afterwards, they go back to the pawn shop, finding Alan about to sign over his store to Jay, and then they confront Jay of all his crimes. They tell Alan they know the real estate developer used the ghost to drive off all the other owners so he could buy up their property, and then ended up sicking the ghost on Sam and Dean when they got too close to discovering his plan. While they knew he would never be arrested for his actions, Sam hacks into his finances and ends up having him arrested by the IRS for tax evasion. As Jay is carted off into a police car, he uses the meddling kids quote from Scooby-Doo, and Dean uses Scooby-Doo's catchphrase, but Sam and Cass tell Dean to cut it out. And that is the synopsis from the Supernatural Wikia of the episode Scooby Natural. So I guess I'll just kick it off. What what did you guys think of this episode? I, I would have to say, like Justin pointed out earlier, me and you have had kind of a tumultuous relationship with Supernatural. We were really into it for a while and then just kind of lost interest as it just keep kept on going. However, I will say... I like this episode, especially one of the things I really enjoyed is it would it, it would be really hard to do, and I give them credit for not making the Scooby characters not on point. I'm pretty sure Frank Welker was doing Fred, and I'm sure he had a blast. They seem like themselves, but the supernatural tone was ejected just right enough to where it was like, a good mashup is like it was like you know more serious at times but dean was like having you know just a a ball being in like a, almost a fantasy world for him so like just like you know before we go into like details and stuff like 
for for a mashup that I thought could have been really cheesy because some Scooby Doo crossovers are really bad. Watching the WWE ones, terrible. This was really well done. I, I was like, I was actually rather impressed by it. What about you, Justin? What are your kind of initial first thoughts on the Scooby Natural? I really liked it, and I guess to uh, pull back the veil for our listeners, like it was uh, my suggestion that we do this because. I had read about this episode, and I was just like, I just stopped. I was like, what? I was like, no, no, like, you can't, no, you can't make an episode where Seven Dean, like, going to Scooby-Doo, like, like, no, like, that, how does that even work? Like, that sounds wacky. So I was like, I was really curious. I was like, you know, how is that going to play out? Like, I, that's either going to be a lot of fun, or it's going to be... You know, like Tony said, it's going to be like one of those awful, like, you know, direct-to-video team-up things that Scooby-Doo will sometimes do. But I watched it, and I thought it was a lot of fun. Like, I think I think I was smiling pretty much the whole time that they were, like, animated and stuff. And I really appreciated, you know, Dean's love for Scooby-Doo because I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, I'm the only, I guess, you know, quote-unquote, like, genuine Scooby-Doo fan on the fan holes. Like, I... It's one of those cartoons that was, you know, kind of like Dean, uh, kind of like Dean was saying, like, you know, no matter where you went, like Scooby Doo was on TV, and that's that's kind of how I felt like when I was a kid. It's like Scooby Doo was always on some channel that you could watch, and I I definitely watched a lot of Scooby Doo when I was a little, and even when I was like, you know, probably should not have been watching Scooby Doo, you know, I guess the. You know, when it was time to grow up or whatever, and I I never did. Like even in high school, like I was still watching Scooby Doo, and like I was, uh, you know, that weirdo who like, you know, I was a senior in high school, and I had a couple of Scooby Doo shirts, and people would be like, "What Scooby Doo? <laughs> like that's for kids. Like get out of here." And that even would be really cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wish I still had those shirts, and I wish I still like, you know, could fit into them you know um but yeah like i i i uh whereas i did not continue to keep up with supernatural um scooby-doo was something i kind of would check in on every few years because like you know transformers usually gets a new series every couple of years it's like oh you don't like transformers animated well just wait a few years and you'll get transformers prime you don't like transformers prime you're gonna get a, you know robots in disguise or you know whatever that's kind of the way with scooby-doo it's like oh you didn't like these direct-to-video movies well just wait a few years and we'll give you a new series and you know i, I think we talked about scooby-doo mystery incorporated and like that was a series i really loved and then the next series i think it was called be cool scooby-doo like i watched one episode and thought it was kind of odd and it had like a family guy animation style and i don't know daphne was going on about puppets like she had some kind of like weird puppet obsession and i was like this is kind of odd and i just never watched it and like in the back of my head i was like okay like transformers like you don't like the scooby-doo series well just wait a couple years and you'll probably get another so like you know i i I was the driving force so like i was like dude we gotta watch this it's like two really cool things and you know that like it's got to be cool right right like i hope it's gonna be cool and like it was a lot of it was a lot of fun there was one thing i noticed i don't know if you guys caught this but like 
the scene where they're doing the famous, you know, running through the doors and stuff, like Scrappy Doo was in there. Yeah. Did you guys catch yeah, it? Yeah, okay. Yeah. I was like, oh, dude, like, I was like, what was that? That was Scrappy Doo, right? And I re- like rewound it or whatever. I was like, ooh, and paused it. I was like, ooh, ooh, Scrappy Doo, like, that's awesome. Like, I, I kind of like, like, that he was just the little Easter egg in there. And, like, I, I, I kind of like that he's not, like, you know, evils like he was made out to be yeah. in those fucking movies. <laughs> right. You know, so it's just like he's just a nice little Easter egg and stuff. Because I, I mean, I, I am not the level of fan that Dean is where he can list off ad nauseum all the different, like, villains that they faced and everything. Like, I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm not that level, but I think... I grew up with it. I remember watching it. I I kind of have fondness, especially for you know always remember like my, my I think my thing was like oh the Harlem Globetrotters the these guys the that guys I'm like where's Batman where's Batman you know like so I want I I always yeah. was like looking for that episode with Batman and then I think like during the the kind of ABC like Saturday morning cartoons days like I I would say like probably I did grow up like watching the I always kind of wondered, like, what the hell happened to Fred and Velma? You know, like, there needs to be, like, one of these expanded universe novels that explains what they were doing. But, like, when when I was watching stuff on Saturday mornings, it was always the Daphne and and Shaggy and then Scooby and, and Scrappy-Doo type era of the, the show. So I always kind of mm-hmm. wondered, like, what, and I, you know, I was familiar with Fred and Velma and watched, like, a lot of those older episodes and everything, but I did kind of wonder, like, what the hell happened to them? And, and like you said, there's hey, always, like, a new... There, there, go for... Don't forget Flim Flam. Right, right, right. But, I mean, there's always... <laughs> but, but like Justin's saying, there's always, if, if you don't care for a particular kind of incarnation of Scooby-Doo, there's always something around the corner. Because, I mean, I remember even after I was done watching that era of Scooby-Doo, they had the, you know, I guess I guess we can thank Muppet Babies for this, but, like, uh, you know, basically, like, everything has to be like Muppet Babies because all the stu- studio execs were like, Muppet Babies is doing killer. It's got six seasons, Larry. You know, and, and so they're like, well, what can we do with Scooby-Doo? Well, well, we can make him a Muppet Baby. You know, it's like, so then they turned it into, like, a pup named Scooby-Doo. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I remember that show and, you know, like, those kind of things. I mean, the most recent thing I've seen Scooby-Doo-wise would be the the really, really excellent, like, Batman Scooby Doo direct to video movie that came out this yes, year. Yes, that know? was really good. So, yeah. so that was that that was my last foray into a kind of you know as Justin's describing them like a you know direct to video film where Scooby Doo typically would team up with a or you know sometimes it's an original animated like storyline or something like that where it doesn't involve team ups. But a lot of times, I mean, you know, I'm kind of famous for. You know, I was excited that they had the the Scooby Doo like six inch scale figure that came with John Cena because of that direct to video film, and it's like he, you know, he teams up with like various kind of like personalities and stars and things like that. And this was the, yeah. you know, Batman Brave and the Bold Batman, so it was kind of like a a little love letter to that show and Scooby Doo, which I thought was kind of cool. And then, I mean, like I said, I've been trickling in and out. Like I've seen kind of a handful of the 11th and 12th season supernatural episodes. I keep I keep buying my dad the Blu-ray season sets. So I mean if I really wanted to, I suppose I could go back and catch up on things that I've missed here and there, but I 
I mean, I we've, we've talked about this before, I think, when we talked about Supernatural on the podcast, but I, I think I still hold to my guns that, like, the, the show kind of jumped the shark after season five, I think, you know, like, so, and, and that's not to say there yeah. aren't some really good things that occurred, you know, within those, you know, eight other seasons or whatever, you know, like after season five, but the, it, it it's kind of like one of those things where like, where, where do you go after that? Like what, you know, it's like they, they, you know, that that's the one line that they have where they talk to Velma, where he's like, we've saved the world like tons of times. And it's like, maybe by season five is when they saved the world that first time, you know, like the world, you know what I mean? But it's like between seasons five and this episode, they've done it like, you know, two or three times. It's like every fucking season, it's the end of the goddamn world, you know? And it's like, okay, well, you know, you're kind of, you're kind of at a loss. Cause it's like, once they kind of up the stakes that high, it's like, then it seems like every season has to have those kind of high level of stakes. Otherwise people aren't as invested in the, the you know, the mythos and the storyline and all that kind of stuff. So I, I can understand that. I, I, I it, kinda, definitely, it definitely got the, the Buffy curse, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of wanted to bring up some things and, and see what you guys think of it. Um, one kind of weird thought I had, like, I, I don't know if this will lead us anywhere in terms of a line of questioning, but when when the TV was first there, I don't think I saw the the kind of, like, shady real estate guy jay being the culprit like i almost thought because of the way the dialogue went and you know when when sam was kind of questioning dean like hey how'd you get this you know because because he comes in he makes the joke about how this is his dean cave his fortress of deenitude you know he's doing all the the nerd stuff and he's got his whole like man cave set up and everything but sam kind of looks at him and kind of goes, well, how'd you, you know, how'd you get this set up so fast? And he kind of has this offhanded line of, well, you know, if you love it, you make the time or it's, you know, you make the time for something that's awesome or whatever. But I started to wonder, like, did Dean use some kind of men of letters, like spell that he wasn't supposed to. And that's why the TV like sucks them in. Like, you know, I was trying to think of like a MacGuffin reason of why that would happen, you know? And I, I just thought that beginning part of it was just a kind of, Oh, here's a kind of weird standard case they're on. And then I didn't realize that was going to play later into, you know, the, the, the reason why they get transported into the Scooby-Doo cartoon. But I, I don't know. Did that occur to anybody else? Did you kind of see the the real estate guy from a mile away? Like, what what did you guys think of that whole kind of, I guess, you know, the, the, the I guess the in-story reason for why they're having this, this crossover? I, I would say, actually, after they revealed who the bad guy was, I was kind of like smacking my forehead like, yeah, he looks like a Scooby-Doo villain. That makes sense, and he he's also kind of shady, and uh, I should have seen that a mile away. But uh, originally, I thought it was the shop owner. Oh, okay. I but I did I, I didn't think he was evil though. I thought it was kind of like kind of like maybe going to be like a reverse Friday the Thirteenth kind of thing, the series where he he ran a shop that had haunted items, but he didn't know about it. Oh, okay. And like, yeah, yeah, and like it. 
that's kind of what I was thinking too. I was like, oh, the stuffed dinosaur and the TV are like wacky. I was that. That's kind of exactly what I was thinking. I was like, is everything in the show like crazy wacky cursed, like the Friday Thirteenth show? That's like that's what I was kind of thinking too. Okay, and then yeah. and then I guess a, another thing I'll bring up, and and Tony may be more familiar with this than Justin because, as Justin says, he he kind of kind of stopped watching, you know, after season five, but. The only thing I'm going to say, and, and this, I think, was a good episode. Like I said, it's kind of a done-in-one. You don't have to be too invested in the lore or even the ongoing stuff of this particular season to know what's going on. But there have been multiple episodes where they've gone to this stuck-in-a-TV well before. Like, you know, they, they, they had, like, the kind of trickster character that, like, stuck them into, like, various like sitcoms and TV kind of scenarios where they were like on like, you know, basically it was like their versions of Grey's Anatomy and the, the channels kept changing and they had to like play out the scenarios and everything. And they even make a reference to it in this episode. He's like, remember the last time we got stuck in a TV? And it's like, while the notion of them teaming up with Scooby-Doo is cool, it's like there is that notion of, oh yeah, like, you know, I, it kind of proves the point that yeah, the show has jumped the shark because they're 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 still going back to this. We're trapped in a TV well, you know, like they've done it a couple times before this. So I and I was just curious, you know, mainly more for Tony than Justin, I think, because Tony's probably seen more episodes. But like, w- w- did that have any impact on your enjoyment of this, or or did you just kind of like not even concern yourself with it, and you just had a good time with the the Scooby Doo kind of cartoon aspect of it i i did go with it but I, i'm not gonna lie i can't be that guy and just be like you know everything was great i love it like when when the tv first turns on i'm like they're getting sucked into the tv that's that's how they beat scooby-doo i mean i know the 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 premise of the episode they're gonna get sucked into tv and i i, I was i was like you know they've done this before you know it was it was kind of like that thing uh on like ds9 where I love DS9, but there were definitely episodes where they did the same stories as Star Trek, but they just did them a little, uh, Star Trek Next Generation, but they just did them a little bit differently. You know, they would do like time travel episodes and stuff like that and all that kind of stuff. And it, it didn't bug me as much as I, unlike DS9, which was a different series, it is in the same series. Like Supernatural is, you know, Supernatural and yeah, it was kind of like really the you know they 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 had to go back to this well they they couldn't have gone to like you know uh, animation studio and there's like all these old cartoon cells and uh, like there's a, a crazy demonic animator who 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 sucks their souls into like a a pen and he draws them into a cartoon or something like that you know something a little different but like. Like the the TV thing was yeah definitely something that as soon as it happened I'm like you know like we've done this before yeah you know? yeah no no I mean I I I did kind of have that like in the back of my head the, the whole time I was watching it like I don't I don't have any problem with the execution or or the the actual you know plot beats and and the way they have Dean kind of fanboy over the the scooby gang and stuff like that that now i guess 
you know, and I, I just keep thinking of things as we go along and everything, but this is something that popped in my head. So I'll just say it before I forget it. But was it, I, I feel like there are like different philosophies or like different continuities to Scooby-Doo. So it's like, I, I guess this seems to be more akin to the Scooby-Doo that Dean would have watched in the sixties and remembers growing up because uh, yeah. I, I yeah. don't, I mean, I, I did have that weird cause, cause we have watched episodes of mystery incorporated and I was just coming off of that Batman Scooby-Doo direct to video movie as well. So I sort of had in the back of my mind, like, we're the world famous Mystery Incorporated, you know? And then, and then when Dean and Sam introduced themselves, it's kind of like, well, yeah, of course we came over here. You guys are famous. And they're like sitting there going, we're not famous. You know, I'm just kind of like, well, you know, I guess to me in the original show, I never considered them the world famous Mystery Incorporated. They were just kind of the Scooby gang and they kind of don't call them Mystery Incorporated. They, they kind of call them the Scooby gang. So to me, yeah. it kind of reminds me of like the original 60s show as opposed to, the, you know, kind of how they've been doing the hard sell in some of these more modern series where they're like, we're the world famous detectives of mystery incorporated, you know? And it's like, it's like, we're, we're, we're so famous. Like we're part of Batman's detective club. You know what I mean? Like where it's like, <laughs> and, and so you're sitting there kind of wondering like, well, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I had that weird kind of continuity monster in my head kind of going, well, aren't you guys famous? You're not famous. I guess you're not famous, but I thought you were famous, you know? So that, that was something that was kind of going through my head while I was watching it. Well, I, I kind of took it that way that it was like the 60s version because, first of all, the animation. Like, I know Justin can verify this. Like, and I'll go into that uh, with Justin a little bit later because I really do want to talk about the animation. But, uh, <clears throat> like, another thing is Shaggy breaks his arm. And, uh, like, at first, he's, like, amazed because in the 60s cartoons, yeah, he did fall out of planes, and he did, like, you know, he was a rubber band, you know? Like, he, he really couldn't get hurt. And I could be wrong, Justin. This is where I'm going to ask for your expertise. But, like, in Mystery Incorporated, like, people could get hurt. You know, they could, like, skin their knee. They could, like, you know, like, if they, they got punched or thrown around, it'd be like, you know, they wouldn't just be like, I'm okay. They'd be like, ow, or, you know, like, something like that. Am, am I wrong, or...? No, you're you're pretty on point. Like, I think a good line that kind of illustrates the world or thinking of the Scooby Gang is like when Dean is like trying to get uh, Daphne to like go to his room. He's like, "Hey, like you know, let's like you know go to the same room or whatever." And she's like, "Huh, silly boys and girls don't sleep in the same room." And she just kind of walks away. It's like that. Like that's the innocence of that world, you know, and it's, I mean, it's created by writers or, or, or whatever, but like, that's, that's the innocence or maybe, you know, they're naive or whatever, but like, that's, that's the world that they're, they're in. Like they, like Velma can admire Sam's like shoulders and muscles and stuff. And she can like want to kiss him, but like anything beyond that is like probably, like, it's not in their world, you know, because it was never in the original series, because the original series was just like, let's have a milkshake and dance, and, like, right, right. maybe, maybe we'll kiss, and, like, right. that's 
that's as far as it goes in like that world because it was like you know safe and you know it was like a product of its time but yeah like mystery incorporated like you could go i mean you wouldn't go all the way but the way it was written they definitely had knowledge of going all the way if you you know get my meaning yeah yeah and and, and i guess i guess it makes this episode have really kind of dovetail turns when you see the like cause good you know and he, he's like headless and hung yeah up. oh like, yeah you know it's, it's like it's like it's like it's funny to see that sort of scooby-doo style animation but then he's kind of like strung up like billy kincaid and spawn or yeah, something like, you oh know like 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 i mean it's like i i guess that's that's par for the course for an episode of supernatural and mm-hmm. and and you may yeah. argue that if you watch things like mystery incorporated they they did delve further into the kind of spookiness and scariness of something that Scooby-Doo might have had as like frosting in the original series, you know, and they, they actually really went into it a lot further. But if you're looking at it from the, I guess you were kind of describing it as the naivete of the world, you know, it's like, it's like that there usually wouldn't, you know, it's like, it's not like the Joker and Penguin dressed up as monsters and then, you know, chopped off everybody's head in the Batman meets Scooby-Doo episode. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, it's like that's, but, but then this is kind of what happens because the supernatural universe's kind of lexicon is, is, is imposing itself on that, that naivete kind of world model that, that the Scooby-Doo cartoon has. So then it starts, it starts skewing, you know, it, it starts fracturing the two, universes and everything they're kind of colliding i guess and that's you know i I thought that was kind of cool i know i know tony brought up the animation and and that was something that i kind of wanted to discuss too but in maybe in a different way than tony does but i'll I'll let him kind of go into what he wants to go into as we kind of get into the specifics of the animation i mean I, i know tony mentioned he thought it looked a lot like the original series and i think when they were looking at specific characters from that original episode where, you know, Dean had remembered it, like certain character models looked a lot like the original show. But I mean, I do, I do kind of tend to think it has that, like when Justin talked about how there are these direct to video Scooby-Doo movie releases where, you know, I, I brought up the example, he, he teams up with John Cena, you know, like things like that. Like that's kind of what this reminded me of the the style of the animation that it was it was quality enough for a direct to video kind of DVD 90 minute 70 minute feature film release, but it ended up being 44 minutes. Like part of me wonders it's like, "Oh, I wonder if like somewhere down the line they try to, you know, release this as a standalone scooby-doo thing you know what i mean as opposed to being part of a a supernatural hmm. season set like still and still try to sell it that way like scooby-doo <laughs> meets the the winchester boys or what you know whatever that that kind of thing right i, I, I don't know if the, if the guy struck up and bleeding everywhere would be included in that release <laughs> right 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 maybe maybe it's edited for all the kids or whatever but the the other thing I I kind of wanted to bring up since since this is to me this is not the first time we've seen the Winchester brothers in animation you know because mm. they it was like it, it kind of brought flashbacks of when yeah. I I tried to show my dad the supernatural anime and like we watched a few episodes but then eventually he was kind of like remembering 
the episodes they were adapted from. So he, it's not that he was fickle about the style of it, but since he remembered the stories from the original, he felt like he had seen them already, you know? So that, that was his turn off to that particular show. But I guess in terms of us talking about animation, like what did you, I mean, did, did that, did the, the Japanese supernatural anime ever occur to you while you were watching this? Is there anything you thought of in terms of animation? Like, do you feel like the, the Scooby-Doo character models of Sam, Dean, and Castiel were on point? Like, did you like the way they looked? Did you, did you think they could have been more Scooby-Doo-ish or, you, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, there's, there's questions like that that I have, I guess, mainly, you know, regarding to the, did, did you guys think of the anime at all? I did, yeah, because I was like, I was like, oh yeah, I was like, remember when, because you and I were talking about it, I think we watched like a few episodes and discussed it ourselves, and I was like, oh yeah, remember when they did like the anime thing, and they were just adaptations of the series? I was like, oh yeah, I wonder whatever happened to that. I wonder if they made any more, and then I kind of like forgot about it, because I was like watching the episode while I was thinking of it. As far as the animation, like I thought it was pretty good. Um, they're all like on model for like the the classic versions because like some of the newer versions they'll try to make maybe they'll try and make Vilma look not as I don't know frumpy or bookwormish yeah, I yeah, guess yeah, yeah like the the thing that I noticed I and I guess maybe this is because like Dean kept hitting on her was like I thought maybe like Daphne looked a little bit I don't know slimmer and curvier you know sexier i guess but i don't i don't know maybe it was just that one shot where she was like bending over and dean was like oh you know like like that i'm I'm, I'm not trying to sound like a perv but like whoever animated that there was definitely a line in her skirt where you could see like butt cheeks i'm sorry <laughs> and that was not happening in the 60s scooby-doo <laughs> like as far as like and dean and and castiel like being you know uh animated well in the episode or like drawn into the scooby-doo universe i thought they did like a pretty good job yeah i i, I well that's that's one thing i was want to say is like the the dean the winchester brothers and and castiel really did kind of for me anyway hit that note of the scooby-doo guest star movies like and not like batman and robin who have cartoon looks or even the Harlem Globetrotters who had a cartoon, but like when they would team up with like Shelly Winters or, or mm. Don Knott, <laughs> Don okay. Rickles or somebody. Okay. Yeah. 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 It was like, they, they were cartoony enough to be a cartoon, mm-hmm. but they still look like the real actors, which I appreciated. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, I yeah. guess it's kind of a, a fine line to walk because, you know, the Scooby gang, they are, animated and they have a model like there there's no like real world model for for shaggy like his chin and everything is exaggerated like they're all you know exaggerated in in one sense or another you know pretty much but like it's it's kind of hard to like exaggerate real people in that kind of style and recognize them i guess unless you're doing like some kind of like you know like the guy in the ball who's gonna like draw you with like a big head and you're surfing or something like that's when it kind of gets into like parody or, or something like you, you know you don't want like a big head dean running around or like a small 
I don't know, chibi version of Sam when he's all like hair and stuff. Like that's you know that would be that would be funny, but that would not be like uh, fitting for that universe, I guess. I I kind yeah. of I kind of feel like you know you know how they always say like Harrison Ford is hard to capture in action figure form. Like it's mm-hmm. hard to capture his his face and his sculpt and, and, you know, I, I don't know. I just, that's something, if you're a toy collector, that's something you commonly hear is that, you know, you're despite, bringing back uh, bad memories of old man Ford from force awakens uh, figure, you know, like the, despite people's best intentions and best efforts, it, it just seems like, you know, or, or I, I've even heard the same thing about like Sarah Michelle Geller, you know, like despite people's yeah. best intentions, like if they try to make a figure of her or, or, or do a painted cover of her on a comic or whatever, it's like she, she, she has a distinctive likeness. Harrison Ford has a distinctive likeness and it's like people try, but it's, it, it's never quite perfect. Like, whereas sometimes you can look at something and go, Holy crap. Like Bill Skinkevich drew this, you know, painted cover of Dune and it looks a hundred percent like Kyle McLaughlin. Like you would mm-hmm. never mistake it for anybody else. But it's like when it comes to certain people, it's hard to capture. And I, I kind of feel that way about Jensen Ackles. Like I kind of feel that way about Dean. Like where it's like it's like if you if you took away and just looked at him from the neck up in Scooby Doo character design, would you still think it was Dean? Like, I, I kind of oh. feel like I would think it's Castiel from the neck up, and I kind of think I would think it's it's you know, Jared Padalecki from the neck up, you know, uh, you know Sam, but I, I kind of look at the one for Jensen Ackles, and I'm like, I don't know. Like, there, there's just like I, I, I don't think it's awful. I don't think it's bad. It does what it's intended to do. I get it. I see it. I see him, but I don't. I don't know. There's just something about it where I feel like they did. They just couldn't quite capture it. If that makes any sense. Well, I, I, I would go with the uh, whole thing of just like the Scooby Doo movies. Like Don Knotts looked a little bit like himself. Or Shelly Winters or, or, you know, yeah, all the various, like, real people that were just seriously just actors. They weren't, you know, it wasn't the Adams family or was it, you know, the the Globetrotters who, like I said, are real people, but they, they had a cartoon and they kind of went with that kind of uh, basis. I, I would go with the idea that since they had the voice actors, much like they did with Scooby-Doo movies, they they found a good middle ground with this looks close enough, and then when we put a voice to it, you're 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 in. You know, that's that character. Right, that's, right. that's that's that's, yeah, that's part know. of what sells it for you. Got it, got it. Yeah, because that that was a failing of that anime too, because it was like they got Jensen Ackles and Jared Padalecki to do voices for that supernatural anime, but then they did the weird thing of like they could only pay them enough to do certain episodes of the 26 episodes so it was this odd thing where it'd be like jensen ackles and some other canadian voice actor were (laughs) dean and sam Mm -hmm. and then there'd be like these odd episodes where it'd be like jared padalecki and some other canadian voice actor were sam and dean and you were just kind of like that that was something that like broke my suspension of disbelief where you couldn't 
Like, whereas Tony's saying in this particular instance, it's Jensen Ackles and Jared Padalecki as Sam and Dean with these character designs. And while, like I'm saying, maybe from the neck up, I don't, I don't buy it as, as Dean, like you add the voice to it and you add the neck down and his outfit and he's, you know, driving baby and, and, and hitting on, you know, Daphne. And, and then eventually you're like, okay, that sells it, you know, like that, that sells it. I guess another thing, like, since we're talking about, like, the rules of this universe, like, I, I kind of feel like I want to get into that just to, to get into the minutia of things. But, like, it, it's interesting, like, because when Dean shows up, he can do the, you know, the, the you know, card shuffling with the sandwiches like Scooby-Doo and Shaggy yeah. can. He can he can extend his jawline like he's a visitor from V and a hamster to fit the sandwich, this, this, you know, stack of waffles sandwich he, he in his he mouth. He points it out. He's like, you know, look at my mouth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's like, yeah. He's like, look at how awesome this is. So there's, there uh, obviously like what we were talking about before, you know, like, like Shaggy being this kind of semi Warner brothers, indestructible cartoon type character, like having these, these, you know, kind of subtle, impervious, to harm kind of aspects that you don't realize because they're a, a cartoon or whatever, you know, like he, he falls from a tree, but he doesn't break his arm, but then to, to, to ramp up the tension and, and sort of, you know, create stakes in this episode, there's the moment where Shaggy breaks his arm. But I guess what kind of baffled me is like Shaggy is hanging on this, you know, balcony or whatever it is, and then he slowly starts to fall. Scooby, without thinking, dives after him. And then it's kind of like the Superman scene, you know, who's got me, who's got you? You know, I've got you, who's got you? And then Castiel follows them. And it's like, do you account that, like, is is his trench coat slowing their fall the result of cartoon-like physics? Or is it that he's an angel and the the trench coat is like this kind of interpretation of angelic ability? Like, I, you know, I don't know. I don't. I wasn't sure how to take that because I'm like, well, if arms are breaking, then the cartoon physics should like slowly be going out the window, right? So I don't know. Like, like I was I was kind of trying to rationalize that in my head. I, I was thinking about that too when I was watching it. And I kind of just assumed it was something Castiel was doing to like make his trench coat look okay. like you know, okay. you know, you know, kind of like how he later healed uh, right, Shaggy's right. arm. Like I just assumed he was doing like angel magic time stuff, okay. and, like okay. used his trench coat. No, I, I think that's it was fair. also like yeah. kind of like a, a middle ground because I think when the Winchesters first come into the Scooby Doo world. They are in the Scooby-Doo world, so Dean is able to do the mouth thing. He can, you know, fold up the sandwiches like a, a card player. But then when the Phantom or the Ghost Boy, you know, puts that supernatural, like, you know, he, he like, the best way I could put it is that, that character existing in a Scooby-Doo story, like Sam and Dean can exist there. Because they are real people, but that creature being supernatural kind of breaks things a little bit. Yeah, yeah but not that's, all, 
okay. That's what I was thinking. Like that's that's why Fred had like a bloody nose. And did you like notice his reaction to it? He was just like, oh, yeah, like yeah, like bleeding. This, it, it was like it was like when when Clark Kent's in Superman two, you know, in the diner with Lois. Oh, it's like it's like it, the first yeah. time he ever has a bloody nose in his entire life. You know, it's yeah. like Fred Fred has that same reaction where he's like, my nose doesn't bleed, like. Like what, what, you know, what, what, what the hell's going on here and stuff. It's like, it's like, it's like that ghost kind of corrupts the mm -hmm. naivete of this. You, you know, what's funny about that. It's almost like even the, like what's funny is Dean would never get the first base with Daphne with the Scooby-Doo world as it is. But if they kept <laughs> making them neurotic, like eventually he would yeah. be able to get in her pants because then it would, it would corrupt it enough to where. Like, you know how, like, people were getting murdered and stabbed? It's like, then then you could, I mean, it's it's kind of funny, but it's like, then you could actually have sex with Daphne. Well, think of it this way. Th think of that universe, like, the movie Pleasantville, if you've ever seen that. Mm -hmm. Like, where it eventually yeah, yeah, yeah. gets corrupted and has color. Uh, something I thought was really interesting, like, after uh, Shaggy's arm is broke, and they finally, like, tell them about, you know, supernatural spooky stuff and vampires and whatnot, like... Daphne has a little meltdown. She's like, that means there's an afterlife and hell. And then she's like, oh, my God, am I going to hell? And she starts to, like, kind of, like, freak out a bit. Like, she's never really thought about that before. Right. Because right. that, that kind of thinking was never, ever in a Scooby-Doo episode like that. that... Hey, did, did, didn't Shaggy say, yeah, you're going to hell or somebody? Somebody said that. I don't remember. It might have been Dean. Somebody said, like, oh, yeah, you're probably going to hell. <laughs> But I, I just thought that was interesting because it's like, you know, it's kind of like that uh, the the Pleasantville thing. You take like an innocent black and white TV show and you start to corrupt the characters and bring color into that world. And it's like you kind of, you know, the phantom starts to break down the normal cartoon rules of that world. She suddenly starts pondering the afterlife and she's like, she, she, she's aware. Yeah, she's clearly like never really gave it any thought. You know, she's just like, oh, we're we're solving mysteries and unmasking like you know nefarious guys, and there's nothing like spooky about it at all. I thought I just well, thought that was really kind of interesting. You know, and they also kind of have a crisis of purpose because of that. Yeah, like, yeah. because it's like it 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 almost is like oh, all we've been doing is unmasking like dweebs Real disguising estate. themselves as yeah. ghosts. But yet you're telling me like like Fred is like wait we could have been like hunting down like real ghosts this whole time like like it's almost like they kind of they they feel like their entire existence is a lie right <laughs> yeah. like that that yeah. you know so it's like it's 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 kind of funny because it's like it is kind of like a heavy thing like you see how how pulling out the the one Changa piece like just totally like shatters the whole structure for them and it's like that's why Dean's like oh wait we can't leave them like this like we have to sort of put we we have to sort of build back right. up that that you know changa structure that is scooby doo and and just kind of you know make sure it's it's sound and and it's not going to fall over before we leave i i will say though it did give us one of the best dialogue chains where like everything's going to shit and like the the ghost is coming and stuff and daffy's like okay i'll take the shotgun if i was like give me two shotguns <laughs> Yeah, there was something I, I, I guess, kind of going along these lines a little bit that I wanted to ask you guys. Like, so Dean doesn't get anywhere with Daphne, but like before they leave, like 
Velma really lays one on Sam. So like, what did you guys think of that? Were you just like, did you think that was funny or or, or what? I, I, I yeah, we, I think so. Yeah, Go no, ahead, I mean, I, no, no. All, all I was gonna say was I, I, I kind of felt like that was. It was like a, linger, a, pro- a lingering effect of like what happened. Well, that, but I, I felt like it was more appropriate because Dean wanted it so bad, like, mm-hmm. and 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 like it, it's that moment where like Dean's going through the list of all the villains, and then and then Sam chimes in with one of them. And it's like, see, I knew you liked this shit. Like, and you're just trying to pretend like you don't, right? And I, I think because Sam is kind of a little standoffish when it comes to the, like, Dean is full on, like, fan wanking the whole time. And, and, and when, when Sam shows up, he's kind of like, oh, I gotta sit next to a talking dog. Like, I gotta, I gotta, you know, it's like, yeah. it's like, we can't even read this fucking newspaper, dude. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, what <laughs> is great. this? Like, this is, you know, and, and, and so it's like, he's, he's kind of standoffish to the whole thing. And he's the one who, like, does, like, Dean's the one who's kind of like, Scooby Doo's not dying on my watch. We're not gonna corrupt these kids. Like, like, we're gonna keep this pure the way it, it's intended to be. But Sam's instinct is, well, we can't lie to these people. Like, they're people, right? Like, he's, he's not really treating them like cartoons. So the fact that, Velma has that reaction to him seems natural and appropriate. And then on top of that, it's like, because he doesn't necessarily want to, you know, quote unquote, get into anybody's pants. It's like, well, of course he's going to be the one who kind of gets dipped and and kissed and all that kind of stuff, you know? So, I mean, (laughs) to me, it seems like, yeah, yeah, it just seems like it's, I don't know. It seemed like, it's like that thing where Tony was saying, Oh, I, you know, I didn't think of it at the time, but this guy Jay is like such a Scooby Doo villain, you know, like, and you didn't see it at the time, but then by the time you get to the end of the episode, it's like it's so obvious. And I kind of feel like it's like one of those things where they're 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 flashing the right hand in front of you, going, "Dude, Dean totally wants to hook up with Daphne. Dean totally wants to hook up with Daphne." But meanwhile, the magic trick is, you know, behind you know the the right hand waving at you. There's they're doing this setup with you know, Sam and Velma, and it's like, by the time they get to the trick, you're like, oh, why didn't I, you know, I, I you know, it's like, that's so obvious, like, of course that's what they're gonna do. It, isn't that kind of weird, though, because, like, Dean is so protective of that world because he's such a huge fan. He's like, we can't shatter their reality, we can't tell them about Supernatural, we can't let them die, but on the other hand, he's, like, trying to get it on with Daphne, like, isn't that kind of, like, isn't well, but that, that, like that kind of corrupted itself. But, but he's, yeah, he's, yeah, he, he's yeah. still Dean, though. You know. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I get it. He's still Dean, and he wants to do that. But like, you know, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of odd. Well, but that, that, but see, that's the thing that, like, because somebody who's that into something does feel a sense of proprietorship to it. Like to to Dean, it's his. Like, I mean, I, I know that's probably, like, the most horrible thing in the world, right? Because you got people listening to this going, well, what do you mean Daphne's his? Like, Daphne's her own person, right? But, like, I think to him, like, he's so invested in that entire universe. Like, I don't I don't think it ever occurs to him because he's such a big fan of it that he could corrupt it. He thinks mm, he's okay. he's immune somehow because he's 
he's lived with this for so long. It's like, there's no way I could possibly damage this. Like I can protect them from this outside damage, but I don't, I don't think it ever occurs to him that he's the butterfly, you know, causing the ripple effect as well. No, like, no, like, no, like he, that, he thinks, like he thinks the that, whole episode, yeah. he, he keeps bagging on Fred. He, th- he thinks Fred is like the shitty character for a lot of the episode. You know, so like he even says at one point, you know, Daphne could do better. Like he's so invested in it, he's like, you know, he sees himself as Daphne's hero. You know, right, right. And then, and then the funny part is like you can't. It's it's like that thing of like how are you going to beat somebody up in their own comic book or their own TV show, and yet he's going <laughs> to exactly. race. He's going to race the mystery machine, and he he expects to win. Like, yeah. and, and look good in front of Daphne, but you're like, you're like, and then he's like, oh, well, well, Fred must have cheated. And it's like, no, dude, like, this is, it's like, you're in their neighborhood. Like, like, the mystery machine doesn't lose to you in Scooby-Doo land. Like, you lose <laughs> to them. Like, that's, that's how it works, you know? Like, that, it's just kind of funny, like, but, but I, that, that's not something that, it, it's, it's realistic without being, it, it's like, they don't let, them get meta you know what i mean like they they they, because that would also ruin and deconstruct the the supernatural aspect of it just as much as the scooby-doo guys like have a mental breakdown no time does the scooby-doo gang say oh my god we're cartoons yeah yeah right right yeah okay I i will say one thing though definitely to uh the credit of the writers Fred has a couple of badass scenes in this. He just like charges the fucking ghost. Yeah. I was like, go Fred. Cause I was actually never, I'm, I'm kind of like Dean. I was never a big fan of Fred. He was always like the too perfect and the guy you'd hate in high school. But uh, yeah, kudos Fred, man. You just like <laughs> jump into that shit. It's like, it's like, what do you look for in a guy? An ascot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was great at the end with Dean's wearing one. <laughs> yeah. The guy's like, is that an ascot? Yes, it is. <laughs> there was one little moment where, like, I forget what happens, but they all get scared and, like, you know, Scooby jumps into, like, Shaggy's arms and then Shaggy jumps into Castillo's arms. Like, <laughs> I was cracking up at that. And he's just like, yeah. what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> at the end, he does, like, his, like, Castiel stuff is like, I have truly gained wisdom from your actions. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like, I will. I, what does he say? He's like, I will. Uh, I will miss your gentle uh, wisdom and nature, or something. <laughs> yeah. He's like so impressed by them. <clears throat> uh, one thing I did want to bring up that I think is something that should be kind of uh, pointed out, especially Justin. I think you would be able to chime on this. Like, honestly, Scooby Doo isn't really a big part of this. He has like that one scene same as Shaggy, but it's yeah. mostly like yeah. Yeah, for, for them to be in an episode of Scooby Doo, like Scooby Doo like doesn't really do a whole lot. He's he's not he's not like central to the plot. Like you you'd think in an episode where like you're in an episode of Scooby Doo and there's mystical mumble jumbo going on, like Scooby would have uh, a key role to play, but he kinda doesn't. Yeah. Does I guess it's weird. Like, do, is that because Sam and Dean are there, or is that also a reflection of that original '60s show? Where, I mean, 
because it's like I'm trying Probably to think about both, it because because I'm like how big a role did I mean because it's been a while since I've seen those shows but like it's not like I uh, I for lack of a better term I, I I can't think of anything but it's like I'm like it's not like Scooby Doo wielded the Infinity Gauntlet in <laughs> in the original you know what I mean like 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 yeah yeah I, I it's it's like it's like I get that he plays a role in the capture but it it was usually like hapless like kind of like mm-hmm. you know yep. by 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 the grace of of you know you know kind of happenstance or whatever that that scooby-doo or shaggy or somebody like uncovered a mystery it's kind of like the way they set up in the beginning like oh you know the 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 old colonel like yeah i i I saved him like from drowning or whatever you know and it's like it's like yeah well because scooby-doo like accidentally saved some guy now he's in his will it's like it's like it's just like you know this kind of you know scooby-doo's like forrest gump he's the main character but like it's it's not like Scooby Doo or Forrest Gump actively intend to decisively do something and then they do it. It's just like yeah. it, it's kind of like it just it, you know the the the, the solution kind of falls into their lap. So like I'm I'm kind of like I mean I guess there were aspects of that in this, but then they sort of played up towards the end. The more kind of like we'll just be over here hiding and cowering while you guys do the salt trap and all that other stuff. And then I think also because the, the the way they put the supernatural twist into it, where the ghost is not only real, but is a little boy that they're going to sort of send off peacefully, like kind of, you know, calm the angry spirit type of deal. Like that also kind of, I mean, it's like Scooby-Doo couldn't, do in that, the yeah. context of the arc of the episode, like Scooby Doo couldn't even accidentally do that. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like he'd stumble into like, whoops! Turns out it's a little boy, you know. And it's like, you know, I don't know. It just, I, I don't think that would work exactly. It seems like that's something that Sam and Dean sort of have to own to to finish off the episode, I guess. Well, I, I think also, like, you know, even though I brought it up, as I think about it in the Scooby-Doo show, like the original one, and, you know, Scooby-Doo, where are you? Like, Shaggy and Scooby were the main characters, but they were there for the comedic beats. Like, yeah, the mystery yeah. the mystery got established. They go to the haunted house or the, the haunted sawmill or wherever, <laughs> and, and, like, for, like, 15 minutes, it was basically Shaggy and Scooby losing their shit. And then Velma would be like, Jinkies, I got a clue. And then Fred would be like, I've got a shitty trap. And then they would do their thing. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. So I think, like, if they did, like, 20 minutes of Shaggy and Scooby doing their thing, it would take away from the supernatural aspect of it. I, you know, when I suggested this, like, I didn't expect we would, like, get into, like, the nitty-gritty of, like, the Scooby-Doo universe and, like, all this stuff, like... (laughs) Like, this is great. Like I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that you guys agree, uh, agreed to like talk about this because like this is great. <laughs> yeah, no, this is this is fun. I enjoy. I enjoy talking about it. I mean, these are just things that are going through my head when yeah. when I'm watching the episode and stuff. So I figure it's it's fun to voice those and see you know bounce it off you guys and see what you know kind of what your take on it is and everything. So yeah, I mean, I I you know I had a good time watching it. It is it is a good one off piece. I I kind of. 
I'm I'm kind of happy I could tackle this standalone. Like I, I I think I think if it was one of those things where it's like I felt some like obsessive need to like you know catch up from like all the seasons like where I you know tried to binge watch like all the missing episodes from eleven, twelve, and now thirteen. Then I I think I would have been less enthusiastic about it. But I kind of I kind of like that the fact that like you don't necessarily have to have seen the latest Scooby Doo cartoon or the latest yeah episodes of supernatural to sit down and just appreciate this for what it is and at its core i mean what this is is it's it's a team-up episode like mm-hmm. and 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 it doesn't really matter that it's the winchester brothers and scooby-doo like it's 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 still like two different universes colliding so to me it's you know it's no different than crisis on infinite earths or you know <laughs> turtles meeting power rangers in space or you know whatever it is it's like to me like there's always that kind of giddiness you get from like ooh, like these these two properties are colliding and 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 it's fun to see the sparks that fly from from something like that being a fan of like the early supernatural seasons like you derek having this one-off where i don't have to know a lot of lore of this season or what the winchesters are dealing with and all that stuff it was kind of like going back to old friends you know, it was like, oh, these are the Winchesters I know, you know, like Sam is a smart one who like, you know, tries to think things through. And Dean is the hothead who like, you know, hits on girls. And even Castiel is like, you know, the omnipotent, like, you know, force who tries to help out the best he can. But he's awkward. And I'm like, that that's the, the characters I know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I did want to bring up one more thing about the animation before we close. Loved, loved, loved the painted, painted shit. Like at one point, baby is is painted before they take off. Uh, the the haunted house is painted, and there is one almost meta joke where Dean's like, "Oh, it's got to be that book over there because oh, they yeah, do." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But but he yeah. refrains. He actually refrains. He's like. Well, yeah, because it's a con. Never mind. <laughs> I, I appreciated that he like didn't want to shatter their reality. It's like it's the yellow fucking book on the painted wall. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just want to give props to whoever. I don't know if they reused footage, but the the painted stuff was really cool. I, I love all the the old school '60s painted. So I think that's why it looks more '60s than the the newer ones. I'm back. Back through the Fire and Water Network. Come back with the Supermates. I said, come back. Back to the House of Frankenstein. The Supermates present four blood-curdling films with an all-star cast. Lon Chaney Jr. I know you'll think I'm crazy, but in a half an hour the moon will rise and... I'll turn into a wolf. Gary Busey. I'm a little too old to be playing the Hardy Boys meet Reverend Werewolf. Christina Ricci. I'd love to have a tame one, but I wouldn't have the heart to cage him. Corey Haynes. I want you to turn this into a silver bullet. Bela Lugosi. You should be careful. A person can get killed that way. Johnny Depp. No, you must believe me. It was a horseman, a dead one, headless. Peter Cushing. Have you heard of the cult of the undead? Bud Abbott and Lou Costello. Do you know what could happen if I meet Dracula in the woods? I'll bite. Oh no, you gotta stand in line. Plus four monstrous battles with your favorite comic book heroes. I sense you're trying to resist this evil, Batman. 
Open your mind so I can help you. Destroy me, Jean. Booster Gold, Vampire Slayer. This September and October, come back to the Fire and Water Network and the home of horror and heroes. I believe you're in the house of Dracula right now. No, wrong address. Come back to the house of Frankenstein. Back. Back. Yes, master. He thinks I'm Dracula. All right. Well, I guess if if we if we don't have anything else to say about the episode, why don't we go into since this is a proper show, even though it's a fan holes fright fest episode, why don't we go into the what is awesome in your world this week segment? Because I know we we don't get a chance to do those that often anyway, so I'm sure there's plenty of awesome things to to talk about. And I guess I'll I'll start with Justin. What is awesome in your world this week, my man? So, hold on to your butts. I have a book. I know. I've never had a book before. <laughs> awesome thing of the week. Ever. But I have a book, and it's one I really enjoyed. Yeah. Zoinks! <laughs> like, it's a book. It's called I'll Be Gone in the Dark by Michelle McNamara. And you may have heard about this because it was in the news recently. But... uh she wrote this book about her search for the Golden State rapist, and she like she was married to Patton Oswald, and then she passed away before she completed the book. So like some of her uh, assistants and researchers managed to, you know, complete it as best they could and publish it, and then maybe a few months after it had been out, like they actually caught the guy and what i thought was really well they caught a suspect that they pretty much think is the guy but what i thought was interesting is the way they caught him is through an idea that the writer had in the book like she threw out the idea of like trying to track down the killer through like uh you know uh an ancestry online type of place she was like couldn't you just do that and kind of start backtracing it because they had a DNA uh, sample from the sky. I was like, yeah, that, that should work. Like, why couldn't that work? Unless it's like privacy rights or something. But like, you know, anyway, long story short, like that's pretty much how they ended up uh, getting their suspect. And like, I, I had knew, I had known about this case because I watch a lot of like true crime shows. So like I knew about it and I knew about his, uh, you know, methods and everything and so i like i'd heard about this book and you know heard about how you know she passed away before she completed it so like it had my attention so when it came out like i went out and got it and read it and i was like oh this is really good and they did a really good job of you know completing it as best they could so you know when they actually caught the guy i was like oh wow like that's that's really great so that that is my awesome thing of the week if you like uh you know true crime stuff like i would highly suggest picking up this book cool very cool all right so then i guess i'll ask tony man what's awesome in your world this week i'm gonna try to tie in with the fright fest a little bit the latest releases from hasbro for transformers have been the uh power of the primes by the time you uh hear this they'll already have gone on to the next series but that's okay one of the things that actually makes this kind of spooky scary 
is there's uh, pretender decoys, five buck figures. I mean, come on, that, like you can't get much better than that. They're cheap, but also being pretenders, the the bad guy Decepticon figures are kind of monsters and 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 you know beasts and almost kaiju-y like. Um, I, I got a couple of these. I'm, I'm going to get the the later wave. The two I have are Submarauder and Alchemist Prime, and um, Liege Maximo and Skullgren. And they're they're small. They're 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 not super articulated, but damn, they're fun. They're just like a good little toy to like fiddle around with. And um, also, if you again want to do the October Halloween season thing, when they turn into their little symbols, their their power of the prime symbols, they are Titan Master compatible, so you can make your hot rod look like a nightmare creature. That's that's all always oh, good. Okay, yeah, kind of like they're yeah. wearing Halloween masks or something, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, for five bucks a piece, yeah, that that's pretty awesome. Uh, there's uh, three more coming out that I haven't seen yet in the stores, but it's a uh, bomb burst. Uh, Octopunch and Bludgeon, and all three look great, and they'll round out the the assortment. With the two I got, I'm actually kind of eager to get them. So yeah, totally awesome. Cool, cool. As for myself, this will probably date the cast for me, but I don't really care because I went to the uh, Powerhouse Comic Con today, and I got to meet the yellow and pink Megaforce Rangers. Uh, it's two actresses. Uh, Sierra Hanna and Christina Masterson, and so that was a lot of fun, and they were they were nice, and they had a panel where they talked to some guys who had a podcast, um, who were doing the MCs and stuff like that. They were asking them questions and different things like that, and then there was you know the kind of wham bam thank you ma'am photo shoot and everything, and so that was a lot of fun, and I did my usual you know social media nonsense where you get your endorphins after you do something cool on social media and everybody like kind of tweets and hearts it and all that good stuff. So I did that. I did my social media endorphin nonsense and I think that was pretty awesome and I had a good time doing it. And then I guess since I, I don't think I've talked about this on the, the podcast and it sort of goes along the same lines was when I went to the wizard world in Boise, I got to meet Jason David Frank and take a photo with him too, and that was pretty cool and kind of the same routine. You know, you posted the, the pictures and that whole kind of vibe and everything. So that that those are kind of like my my awesome things of the week as far as that goes. More phenomenal. More phenomenal. It's a god. All right. Yeah. So so yeah. So we've got we've got quite a few cool awesome things going on. And, of course, this is part of Fanholes Fright Fest, so if you've enjoyed uh, listening to this episode of the proper show, we hope you consider checking out all the other shows that are going on for Fanholes Fright Fest month. We've got comics, motherfucker, do you read them? We've got Big in Japan, where we talk about anime. We've got... Toku Thursdays, Transformers Tuesdays, Sentai Saturdays, Mobile Suit Mondays. We've got Justice, not entirely dissimilar to Lightning, a Thunderbolts podcast. And of course, this, the proper Fanholes podcast show. If you have any other questions, concerns, you can email us at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. 
And we, of course, are on the fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. You can find our entire backlog of episodes there if you want to check those out. We can be streamed on Stitcher Radio. We are on iTunes. I I am hearing that there's a bunch of problems with our iTunes feed, but you know what? I can't really log into it to fix it, so I, I don't know what to tell you about that other than I'm kind of surprised it's still up and running after all this time. But we are on iTunes, but apparently people have trouble, like, either downloading things through their podcatcher or, you know, getting the the latest episodes to download without manually telling it to download. I guess, like, the automated kind of functions don't work that well is what I've been hearing from people. Um, But anyway, we're on iTunes, and we are on all kinds of other social media, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook. And we appreciate all the likes, hearts, shares, retweets, and all that good feedback. And until the next time, this is going to be Derek, Derek WC, wearing an ascot, signing off. Hey, it's Justin, and this episode was weird, Scoob. Have a good night, guys. This is Tony, and you know, man, Fred's not a bad guy. He's pretty cool. Scooby-dooby-doo, where are you? But telling you got that hammer. Never knew what I said in that. Scooby-doo lyrics? Yeah, I just don't know that middle part. Like, I can see the way you shake and see the way. Shake and shiv up. I don't know the first part. Like, I know you got that sliver or I, I know you got that shiver or I don't know it's just of course, of course when I was a kid I also like you know had a horrible mind so it's like like uh what was it uh Scooby Doo when you come through you better get ready for that ass don't hold back <laughs> <laughs> apparently the the lyric is come on scooby-doo i see you pretending you've got a sliver but you're not fooling me because i can't see the way you shake and shiver so i, so I was it's, right it's sliver yeah what the sliver. Fuck? Sliver, sliver of what? what yeah i guess a scooby snack a sliver of of not cowardice of bravery i don't know wow yeah, it, it was really well done. I was actually very surprised. I was like, because uh, I, I wasn't going to bag on it, Justin, because this was something you suggested. But, you know, I am not a big fan of Scooby-Doo. Yeah. I've watched it. I, I'm, I'm familiar with it. I know a lot of the shit that has happened in the Scooby-Doo franchise. But this one totally didn't piss me off. So, well, like, I, uh, yeah, that's why I was like, I'm glad you guys agreed to do this. And, you know, Mike's not here because he really does not care for Scooby-Doo, but Mike's a duty head, so, you know. (laughs) 
he's 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 he's, he's, he's a, <laughs> Michael he's a Michael is a cockadoodle <laughs> puppy head because he was like Scooby Doo. <laughs> Don't you know he's got a sliver? Laurel, I told you, Michael is a Gaga Booba Dudian. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't think it was creepy, but like I said, you know, my like my questioning was like, well, if he wants to protect that world, like wouldn't wouldn't that break that world? But you know, I didn't think of it in the way that Derek explained, which makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that he, he mean, saw himself like, as the hero. He was the better Fred. Yeah. Like Derek Derek, if you were if you were zapped into a Superman comic, like would you like be hitting on Maxima? Yeah. See? <laughs> yeah. Fucking A. But it, but I guess the question is, would I be like mad at Superman, like in the comic? And it's like, well that's kinda weird. But other than that, I don't think I don't <laughs> think I'd be trying to like drag race Superman though. You know? Like What's up, Super Chop? You want a bomb? <laughs> <laughs> well, like, th- think of it this way. Like, imagine, like, you, Derek, are zapped into a Superman comic from, like, 1959. Like, there's no Maxima, and there's, like, there's no, you know, there's no real Superman and Lois relationship outside of imaginary stories, really. Like, yeah, it, it the, would kind of the... be, like, the same thing as this episode, you know, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Except for if you flip it and you make it Superboy and Lana Lang, then maybe I'd want to get into Lana Lang's pants, regardless of the innocent naivete of Smallville. Yeah. You know, yeah. so like, like but, that, like, I don't know. Lois, like, Lois Lane in the fifties is like trying to sleep wacky. with fucking. She's trying to sleep with Betty Cooper. Like they're insane. Yeah, she's crazy man. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't think I want any part of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like unlucky and get put into the Marvel comics, and like She Hulk wants to bang me and kill me with her like snoo snoo. Her yeah, gamma powered vagina. Yeah, gamma abbreviated snoo snoo. I I guess I'd like go after Hellcat. I guess or whatever redhead I encountered. Yeah, but see to to put it in the context of the peril, you have to go after Patsy Walker in her like. Oh Patsy. yeah, comic and like ruin like the milkshakes and Archie like <laughs> stuff that goes on in those issues. Yeah, <clears throat> that that's why um you're you're the reason why what's his nuts became a supervillain in the Avengers. Her her her, what was her her boyfriend's name that became her husband in the Marvel comics? I can't remember uh, that guy's name. Is it Larry or something? Yeah, something like that, right? Yeah. That, that's yeah. that's your fault. You you drove him to villainy because you <laughs> you macked on Patsy in the mm. old old fifties comics. It, it was probably worth it because you know, <laughs> you know, yeah, probably tight I, back I, then. I, I'd probably I'd probably get killed because I'd hit on Psylocke and I'd be like, "Hey Betsy, nice ass." <laughs> and then you know. You wouldn't even have Either. to say it. She she could just like read it in your brain. She, <laughs> she put her like little psychic blade in your head, and you'd be done for. You'd be like, la, 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 la. <laughs> it might overpower her, though, because like I would just like throw logic into it. It's like, but it's hanging out. That's your choice. Mm. You're wearing a thong into battle. <laughs> <clears throat> 
Have you played the NES game? Like your standing pose is your butt to the fucking player. <laughs> yeah. 